Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan Joseph. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, You know, I had a dream last night that I was back in college, back in the in the good old days of the late '90s, early 2000s. Great days, just just terrific, terrific times. And I went to a small school in Florida. It was really a, a party school, as you would call it. But you know, I didn't study a lot, but we had a great time, and and I miss it. I miss college, but. I was lucky because at my school, we didn't have the same kind of political movements that other schools had. In fact, we didn't really have a wide array of students that had many political opinions at all. I was one of them, but I was a conservative, so I didn't really speak up as much in my classes. Plus, I was a theater major, and politics rarely come up in theater classes at all. But I I spent enough time on college campuses to know that the vast majority of professors – as well as students at American colleges and universities, are not just liberal. They're not just your standard Democrat, but they are far to the left of the average liberal. And I don't think that's been apparent, more apparent at any time over the last 40 years or so than in the last week or two weeks after the attack on Israel by Hamas, a, a terrorist group, a terrorist group, Hamas. And what did we see? We saw college campuses just erupt in showings of support for the Palestinians. Not just that, but for the actions taken by Hamas. So, and you saw it. You saw it on the news. The moral rot was on full display. What we saw is that academics, scholars, professors, especially students, had a shockingly hard time condemning mass murder and rape and killing babies and kidnapping civilians. And some even celebrated the actions. They, they, they cheered them as not, not as perpetrators of a crime or a war crime, but as denizens of a rebellion against oppression. And that the, the terrorists were part of the oppressed and therefore these actions were justified. You had Harvard, Stanford, Columbia, Georgetown. So, I mean, these are some of the places where we assume that the kids are among the brightest. And these colleges are some of the hardest to get into, but these kids were engaged in some of the dumbest acts imaginable in celebration of terror. And the administrations could only give these you know, kind of mealy-mouthed equivocations. They they simply could not just say what Hamas did was wrong. They had, uh, you know, the, no, they had to equivocate. Oh, well, we don't endorse violence of any kind, whether it's violence against uh, Israelis or violence against Palestinians. And the administrations, you know, they, they were mealy mouth. But you, you see some of them, some of them clearly do. Because the left, the far left hates Israel. And it's become obvious over the last two weeks that what these universities have become is what is essentially enemies of modern civilization. They, they're, no, I know, I know, I know that sounds extreme, but they are literally holding rallies and protests supportive of barbarism, obscene speakers. And, and where else, where else, not just on college campuses, not just on the matter of Israel, but throughout K through 12 education on a whole host of issues. Kids are being indoctrinated by the left, left in academia throughout the educational system. And this kind of reaction by college-age students is proof. 
you know, one of the, um, I remember this so vividly. One of the very first things one of my po- my politics professors told me when I sat down in the classroom, I think it was Introduction to International Politics, my freshman year. And they said, all cultures are equal. All They're all equal. Now, this was before 9-11, of course, but the idea that the Taliban or a culture that elects Hamas or radical Islam is equal to democracy, it's a terrible equivocation. But why is this? You, you, you wonder, how did college campuses become this hotbed for radicalism in the United States? And you can point to the 1960s and the Vietnam and civil rights movements and feminist movements. But all I'm not comparing the two. All of those pale in comparison to the level of progressive ideology that exists now. And I don't think I don't think that most of these kids come out of high school with this level of extreme belief because most parents well, they don't believe in this garbage. If they did, we'd have Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar in the White House. No, the, the radicalization is happening to students when they get to college. It's coming from the professors, those, those beacons of enlightenment, and because they were radicalized too in their training to become academics where they were taught by these other academics who were old left-wing hippies. They were radicalized. And the radicals see academia as a safe space where they won't be challenged. And therefore, they're more inclined to set up shop there than in the private sector where their views are rejected by most common sense people. And yes, we, we have seen some spillover these days with DEI in the business world and, and the CRT. But I, but I really think that most people kind of scoff at those things, the, the training they're getting in the DEI indoctrination process. Most adults. But young people, especially young people who have never been exposed to politics, they are fertile ground for these crazy ideas, K through 12. And especially colleges encourage them not just to believe in radical ideology, but to activate for it. That's a big part of this, to join the activist class. What did we see on Wednesday? We saw hundreds, hundreds of pro-Palestinian protesters in the Capitol Rotunda. And in the normal world, people are like, what? I mean, even if you believe in the moral equivalency between the Israelis and Hamas, don't you think now would be a good time to shut up about it? Considering that clearly Hamas was the aggressor in this situation, that's that's what really makes this so gross. It's proof that they don't just support Hamas, these protesters. They want Israel gone. Yeah, and they won't say that out loud. But if you ask them on truth serum, That's what they would probably say. And look, we've seen this coming on college campuses where conservative voices are silent. Not even even conservative voices like mine. Moderate, mainstream voices are silent. There was a story the other day of one school where the students made bylaws that no pro-Israel speakers – would be permitted to speak to student organizations. They, they're okay. Now, even if the topic was not about the Middle East, you see this crackdown at college campuses of 
other ideas, ideas that don't jibe with the far-left progressive ideas. They're trying to stop them. They're trying to make sure that those ideas don't permeate the college campus atmosphere at all. They are willing, willing to completely have free speech disappear on their college campus in order to strengthen the ideas that they like in order to solidify crazy left-wing progressive ideas in the halls of their academic places of study, right? It's, it's, and it, it's not just trying to eliminate free speech. It's a crackdown on the views of normal Americans. But here's, here's the good news. We see it, right? This, this, this last week and a half has been very, very informative to me. Because I think now, after all these years of academia being far left, it has been exposed. I, now, I, look, I really think that most people have had enough of this. I think most Americans this week saw these student protests around the country and the protests in the rotunda, and they were disgusted by it. I hope. I hope they were. Because Americans typically have a pretty good moral compass. They know the difference between right and wrong. And you know what you know what else this may be this may be something inherent in generation Z too. There's this poll that came out the other day about support for Israel. I'm going to read you some of this. It's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Overall, 65% of Americans publicly support Israel. And th- th- this is a poll by NPR. 65% openly support Israel. 20 3% say or do nothing, and 8% publicly criticize Israel. By party identification, Democrats, 69% publicly support Israel, 77% of Republicans, that's no surprise there, 54% of independents, which I thought was a little bit low, to be honest with you, but still a majority. Now, if you take that and look at that by generation, the, the silent generation, the greatest generation, 86%, a huge number support Israel. Baby boomers, 83%. Big, big number support Israel. Generation X, that's my generation. I'm kind of cusp. Generation X millennials, but I'm technically Generation X. 63% support Israel. When you get down to Generation Z and millennials, what do you think the number is there? 48%. 48%. Less than half Generation Z and millennials are willing to publicly support Israel. What the hell is going on here? I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, look, I think that these young people have been exposed to various things. They're, they've been they they've been told by the media, by Hollywood, by their teachers that Israel is not unequivocally the good guys here. That's the standard leftist line. That's what their teachers, their professors are telling them. That's the success of the left on this issue. They have convinced many Americans, especially younger Americans who are easily indoctrinated, their minds are like sponges, that the two sides are equal. That the situation is, is far more nuanced than it actually is. I see it online. I see it online with friends and acquaintances of mine calling for a ceasefire. Ceasefire? Are you kidding? As if Israel should not retaliate for being bombed by Hamas out of nowhere. I mean, do they understand what a ceasefire would do to embolden the terrorists? They must understand. 
They must. People aren't that stupid, right? The other, the only other conclusion that I can come to is that they think what Hamas is doing is okay. And that's a scary, scary thing. Look, I spent years on college campuses interviewing young people. I was, I was a man on the street. I would go there, hang out in the free speech zones because some of them have free speech zones. And I would ask them simple questions. They couldn't answer them. I would hold up a picture of Ronald Reagan. I'd say, who's, who's this guy? And they wouldn't know. You can actually see that video on the website, danjoseph365.com. That's a funny one. I like that one. And one time I went and I, I had a hidden camera. Somebody held the camera in, over in a different location and we filmed kids and I got them to sign a petition supporting ISIS. This was at the height of ISIS's power in the Middle East. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. That video is available on my YouTube page. I learned in those years that college kids are not smart just based on the fact that they are in college. A lot of them are flat out ignorant. Now, does this mean we should cancel them? No. I, I know there are a lot of there, – there's some businesses now who are getting people who sign this proclamation of being anti-Israel or pro-Palestinian and they're saying we're not going to hire you for jobs. I don't like that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think everybody is entitled to their free speech and shouldn't be punished for it in most cases especially kids who are dumb. But at the same time, at the same time, we need to know that those who are in academia right now, both the students, the administrators, and the professors are pushing this stuff. Now, I think eventually most of the kids will grow out of it. I think so. I I hope so. Most uh, most people grow out of their far-left liberalism when they leave college campuses. But the fact that it's even happening is very problematic. I'm Dan Joseph. Make sure you keep coming back here for podcasts on the big issues of the day. I'll see you next time.